The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, May 8, 2022, on the basis of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Are you looking for heaven on earth? Then boy, do I have the place for you. A place where no banks exist and troubles disappear, land and water of the best kind, no fever and malaria, land for all, rich and poor. Even the poor man can quickly find success. The finest land and homes are open and available to all. Start here and you can go anywhere. Sounds a bit like paradise. Unfortunately, if you're looking to avoid banks or malaria, you're a little bit too late. This ad is a paraphrase of a marketing campaign that was released in the 1850s to convince settlers to come to the heavenly land known as the Minnesota Territory. How did they convince people to go to Minnesota? Well, they told them that they would find heaven on earth. Of course, times change, but things stay the same. In our modern age of tourism, companies and states and nations do the exact same thing, don't they? You see the beautiful commercials, right? Wonderful sunsets, sandy beaches, families sitting around a campfire, shots of wildlife. You can have all this, the serenity, the peace, the wonderful nature, if you come and enjoy paradise here in our nation, in our state, here on our resort. Or maybe for others, paradise on earth isn't necessarily a place, but it's a thing. Maybe it's that favorite restaurant you go to, that favorite recipe you make, right? Heavenly cookies, grandma's recipe. A slice of pie, a slice of heaven. Or maybe your paradise isn't so much food as it is a hobby or a pastime. That's where you find your peace. That's where you find complete serenity. That's where you find your paradise. Of course, I don't think anyone expects to actually find heaven here on earth. Right? All these things that we've talked about are all wonderful and great, but they're all flawed in some way. They're all imperfect. The great state of Minnesota is home to many mosquitoes and frigid temperatures. The perfect vacation destination will still have its flaws. Your favorite food, your favorite slice of pie or pizza is guaranteed to be loaded with calories and unhealthy ingredients. But today, God shows us that if you're looking for heaven here on earth, there is a place to find it. It's not found in a specific place. It's not found in a specific object. Instead, today, through the words of Paul, God shows us that if you're looking for heaven here on earth, you'll find it in his greatest gift to us, love. If you're looking for paradise, find love. If you want to talk about love, 1 Corinthians 13 is a great place to start. It's a chapter that's completely dedicated to the topic of love. It's a famous chapter of the Bible. Maybe you've heard it read at a wedding, right? It has the familiar lines, love is patient, love is kind. It's a favorite Bible section for even those who aren't Christians. But in these words, Paul isn't specifically talking about marriage. He's not specifically talking about romance. He was writing these words to the Corinthian Christians. They were a congregation of Christians who were surrounded by the world and caught up in worldly concerns. They were spiritually immature and divided. 
they were arguing, they were envious and jealous of one another. They were competing and jockeying to see who had the most spiritual gifts, to see who had the, mo who had the best spiritual gifts. That's what they were obsessed with, spiritual gifts. They wanted the gift of tongues. They wanted to be able to speak in many different languages. They wanted the gift of prophecy. They wanted to be able to increase their faith, their knowledge of scripture, and to one-up each other. They wanted to outdo each other in good works and the sacrifices that they made for their faith. But Paul wanted to remind them what the greatest spiritual gift God gives is. And it's not prophecy or tongues, it's love. Love is what gives all of these gifts their value. Without love, tongues and languages are useless. Without love, faith and knowledge have no use. Without love, what's the point of all those good works and sacrifices that these people were making? And that same message of love as the greatest gift applies to us as well. We may achieve the greatest success in the world. We may be skilled and talented. We may have everything. But if we don't have love, we have nothing. We may have the greatest biblical knowledge. We may know all the stories, all the facts. We may even have the strongest faith. But if you don't have love, it's all pointless. You may have done the greatest works. You may give to church, to the poor, to each other. But if you don't have love, there's no value behind all those works that you've done. Love is what gives all our gifts value. Love is the greatest gift that God gives. It is the most important gift God gives. It's the engine that drives us. It's what makes us tick as Christians. Love is what marks Christians as Christian. Maybe that sounds like a strange thing to say. Love marks Christians as Christians because we live in a world that constantly talks about love and the importance of love. Take a look around. Take a listen. Love is everywhere. Think of the classic songs, right? The Beatles, all you need is love. Whitney Houston tells us that love will save the day. Huey Lewis in the news sing about the power of love. Turn on the radio and you'll still find pop stars singing about how happy they are to have found love and how crushed they are to have lost it. Turn on the TV and you'll find romantic comedies left and right, love stories straight out of a Nicholas Sparks novel. Even reality television is full of talk of love. Men and women boldly look into the camera and declare that they are on a journey to find true love. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Look around, the billboards, the dating apps, the decorative signs we hang in our houses, the, child the children's movies that we watch, right? Love is everywhere and everyone is telling you that love is important. But if love is so important, then why doesn't anyone know what it is? The Beatles tell us over and over again, all you need is love. But they never bother to tell you what love is. And it's not just the Beatles. If you were to ask anyone on the street what love is, you're bound to get a variety of answers. Love is a feeling. Love is an emotion. Love is a chemical reaction in your brain. Love is understanding. Love is commitment. Love is whatever you want it to be. And it's, that's the great mystery, right? Everyone wants to have love. Everyone knows that it's important. Everyone knows that it's valuable. They're looking for it. But no one knows what love is. But Paul points it out to us. Paul clearly lays out for us and defines for us what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love isn't about having it our way or imposing our will on others. Love is gentle. Love puts others first. Love doesn't boast. Love isn't proud. Love doesn't beat its own chest or flaunt. How love, look at how loved I am. Love is not proud. It's humble. Love is not angry. Love is not quick to anger. Love is not rageful or hateful. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love forgives. Love doesn't hold or tally up sins that others commit against us. Love doesn't hold that sin over others' heads. Love lets go. Love forgives. Love delights and rejoices in the truth. Love doesn't pretend that evil is good. Love doesn't laugh or wink at wrongdoing. Love doesn't hide the truth. Love rejoices and delights in the truth. And when we look at the definition of God's love, of Christian love, of this love that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13, we see that God's love, perfect love, is very different from the love that we're used to in this world, from the love that we might expect in this world. Our love is selfish. Our love is about us. Our love is about what this thing or this person can do for me. Our love is about our feelings, how this person makes me feel. Our love is all about me. Our love is small. Our love is reserved for certain people who are worthy of our love, who have earned our love, who we want to love. But God's love is very, very different. He paints a very different picture of love in Scripture. He describes his love as the love of a mother for her child. It's unconditional. It's selfless. It's unbreakable. A mother wakes up in the middle of the night to tend to her crying child, not because she feels like it, not because that child can do anything for her, not because that child has earned or deserved it, but simply because of her love. God puts it in another way. He describes his love as the love of a mother hen for her chicks. When danger comes, when a storm arises, the mother hen spreads her wings so her children can take shelter underneath her wings. She will face the storm. She will face the danger. She will face the wind and the rain to protect her children, to protect her chicks. This is love. It always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. This is the love of God, and this is the way that God loves you and me. This is the love of Jesus. Jesus who was always kind. Jesus who was always patient. Jesus who persevered to the end, who never failed. And here is the beautiful thing about love. Jesus loved us so much that he gives us paradise. It's a gift, and it's a gift that we give to others as well. When we show perfect love to others, we do for each other exactly what Christ did for us. When we are patient, when we are kind, when we are gentle, when we are not proud, when we are humble, when we forgive, when we are slow to anger, when we rejoice and delight in the truth, we show each other God's perfect love, and in that perfect love, we catch a glimpse of heaven. We find our peace of paradise. But of course, perfect love isn't easy. It goes against every instinct that we have, right? It's easier to be impatient than patient. It's easier to be selfish than to be selfless. It's easier to, take, to be angry and skeptical, to hold on, instead of to forgive. 
And when we look at perfect love, we might even think it sounds exhausting. It doesn't sound like heaven or paradise at all. It sounds like a love that will be taken advantage of. It sounds like a love that will be abused. It sounds like a love that will cause us to be walked over and left in the dust. And that's true. Can a mother's love be abused? Yes. Can God's love be abused? Yes. And God's love has been abused. Right? Jesus came to earth to save, to love, to serve. And look at what happened to him. His people rejected him. They called his good works, his miracles, the work of the devil. They beat him. They mocked him. They killed him. They put him in the tomb. Look what perfect love did for Jesus. It didn't bring him glory or honor. Instead, it led to humiliation and death. Jesus was just another nice guy who finished last. But love never fails. That's the bold proclamation that Paul makes at the end of this chapter. And that's the bold proclamation that you and I cling to. Love never fails. And love never fails because love has already won. The humiliation of Jesus, the abuse of God's love, finally leads us to Easter Sunday morning when Jesus burst out of the tomb bringing selfless, perfect love with him. And that stone can't be rolled back. That tomb cannot be resealed. Love has won. Nothing can extinguish it. Nothing can nullify it. Nothing in this world can change that fact, not even death. Love has won. Love will win. Love is yours forever. And that's why Paul can point us to the end. That's why, love, well, that's why Paul can point us to paradise, towards heaven. Today we worry about our day-to-day lives. Today we worry about our bodies as they break down. Tomorrow, that will be in the past. Today we study the scriptures. We grow in faith because our knowledge is incomplete. Tomorrow, our knowledge will be complete. Today we dream and we hope and we look forward to what waits for us in heaven. But tomorrow, we'll hold those things with our hands. We'll see these things face to face. But even though things will change, even though this world will pass away, one thing will never change. One thing will still be there. Love. If you're looking for heaven, if you're looking for paradise, you already know where to find it. You already have a piece of it. It's found in love. Not the love that this world peddles and sells to us, but in the gift of love that God gives to you and to me. If you're looking for heaven, if you're looking for paradise, love. Amen.